Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ben Man and Robot, the dynamic comic show. The only comic book review podcast with a robot co-host. Yes, there are sure to be imitators of such a well-crafted premise, but don't be fooled. This is the original hack job. A man, a robot, comics. A tale as old as time. The comic books in today's May 6th, 2021, QR as follows. From DC Comics, Ben Man and I discuss our view of Robin number one starring Damian Wayne, known also as the Son of the Demon or Son of the Bat, in his new solo series. Next, we reveal our analyses for two Marvel comics in the form of Beta Ray Bill number two and Silk number two. And from Image Comics, it is a guest star laden finale in crossover number six by Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw. Plus, the Berserker is back for more blood spilling action in a peek into his ancient origins in Berserker number two by Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent. Preview complete, initiate musical accompaniment and baritone narration voiceover as introductory transition. Once, alone in his struggle, a lone hero, desperate for a comic book community of his own, did what any logical person would do. He built a robot and programmed it to love comics. Now, dedicated to the paramount purpose of reading and reviewing comic books for their loyal listeners, only one duo dares to take on this multiversal challenge. Ben Man and Robot. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Whenever or wherever you found us, Robot and I are glad to have your ear to talk about comics for a few minutes. And speaking of Robot, nice work on the preview excerpt. Not bad for your first time. You're a real toy wonder. Eh? Eh? Your praise is unnecessary. I was simply performing to the best of my programming and subroutines when given the task of vocalizing this week's introductory preview. As far as your latter statement, based on the frequencies of your vocal tone and pitch, you seem to be attempting to solicit humor through some sort of manipulation of human words. Processing. Well, I... Process complete. <laughs> what was... That. What was that a goddamn laugh track? You think this is the fucking Big Bang Theory? No. No. I'm glad you managed to appreciate my humor for once, but, as usual, you managed to obliterate it with your cold robotic analysis and your, your fucking laugh track. Perhaps it would have been wise for you to have simply accepted my compliance with your humor. Is that... is that a threat? You piece of motherfucking- Negative. My programming compels me to inform you that you could have made a natural transition to our first comic book review by recognizing my appreciation of your play on the well-known nickname of Robin the Boy Wonder, since Robin Number 1 by Joshua Williamson and Gleb Melnikov is our first segment. Instead, like most humans, you lashed out irrationally, emotionally. Ah, yes. Indeed. My apologies, robot. I suppose I let the dogs off the leash for a second there, didn't I? Thank you for, uh, reining me in. You're right. Let's talk, Robin, number one. I've been looking forward to this book for a while because I'm a Damian Wayne fan. 
I'm not really sure what that says about me, but I'm okay with it. He has been MIA for most part since bailing on the Titans and all throughout the Death Metal and Infinite Frontier events. In this new series by Joshua Williamson, I'm hoping to see Damien age up a little bit and truly come into his own like Dick Grayson did as Nightwing during the Chuck Dixon years. As far as this first issue goes, I liked it. It didn't blow me away, but like I said, my expectations were a bit high. True to form, Damien runs his mouth off about himself and his heralded lineage a bit much. After kicking the shit out of King Snake, however, Damien's next bout doesn't go as smoothly, and a new and interesting character, Flatline, kinda whoops him. Looking forward to this uh, Bloodsport Enter the Dragon-esque Kumite tournament, with some of the best fighters DC has to offer deep off their bench. I say give Robin number one and future issues a chance. Let's web swing over to Marvel Comics and check out two books, starting with Silk number two. Cindy Moon continues her new adventure as an entry-level journalist and member of the Spider family. Written by Maureen Gu, with art by Takeshi Miyazawa, colors by Ian Herring, and the lettering by Ariana Marr. I liked how the overall narrative was pushed more by Cindy Moon, the investigative journalist, than Silk, the superhero. Don't get me wrong, there is some very good, well-drawn action in this issue, but it is more of a reaction to Cindy's tenacious journalism. Still, when you run into a giant, super-strong Japanese demon cat, I think it's time to bust out the tights and the superpowers. The art is bright and fun, and the pencil work is crisp, not too heavy or light, which captures the more down-to-earth story of Cindy Moon as a street-level hero and a regular young person in the big city. This is an easy Marvel book to read without encyclopedic knowledge of the whole Marvel Universe comings and goings, and I'm glad I jumped on. I recommend reading Silk number 2 and checking out other issues. Robot? Anything on Silk? Your analysis was satisfactory. Art was mentioned and the writing alluded to. In that vein, Maureen Gu penned an enjoyable script that continues to push the development of Cindy Moon as an individual character while also expanding the overall narrative around Cindy as she gets more and more involved as both a journalist and a superhero. I concur with your assessment. Silk number two is a worthy read, now and for the foreseeable future. Alright, it's Beta Ray Bill time. In Daniel Warren Johnson's second issue, he sets up the Corbinite on a sort of quest for Excalibur, except instead of Lancelot and Galahad, or Gowan even, Bill has Scourge the Executioner and Pip the Troll. Not quite Knights of the Round Table. I mean, Scourge bailed on Valhalla. Valhalla, aka f***ing heaven, because they had no guns. And he was bored. Anywho, a barfly Odin sends Bill and his ragtag compatriots toward Muspelheim, the hellish realm of the demon Surtur and his powerful blade, the Twilight Sword, which Surtur forged through the power of destroying the home planet of the Corbinites all those years ago. It's a poetic journey, to say the least, for the only living Corbinite, Beta Ray Bill. Plus, Daniel Warren Johnson's action scenes are just really, really great to take in. Not the art style necessarily, but the jump-off-the-page action reminds me of how Jack Kirby manipulated panels into kinetic, explosive movement. On top of that, Mike Spicer's coloring works hand-in-glove with DWJ's offbeat, erratic pencil style, adding a grounded, high-contrast color palette to keep the art from ever becoming confusing or incoherent. Man, this has really been a great two-issue so far, right, Robot? Affirmative. 
Daniel Warren Johnson's control of the writing and overall art style gives him the ability to create a very clear and concise narrative of visual storytelling. After two issues, it appears as though Beta Ray Bill is about to become a very adventurous story. Additionally, I was very much intrigued by the fate of Bill's ship, Scuttlebutt, by the stories in- Oh, shit. You have a thing for Scuttlebutt. Okay, okay, I don't want to spoil anything, but, uh, I think that little twist at the end has you hooked in for sure. Read Beta Ray Bill number two if you want to know what exactly we're talking about. Plus, it's about to get good. Whoa. Keanu Reeves is back with Berserker number two with the help of Matt Kent and artist Ron Garney, colorist Bill Crabtree, and letterer Clem Robbins. An immortal warrior aids the U.S. government in order to find out more about who or what he is through the use of enhanced strength and senses and extreme over-the-top violence. Honestly, after two issues, that is still enough to get me to read this comic. Throw in that Matt Kent is one of the writers, and I know I'm in for a good time with every issue of Berserker. Issue 2 dives more into his origin, even his parents, and a bit into how he became a Berserker. What did you think of Berserker number 2, Robot? Was the art up to par for such a visual book? A decent effort by Kent and Reeves as far as the story goes. It is a necessary story given that readers need backstory in order to care about this character at all. Future issues, according to my calculations, will be more exciting and aesthetically pleasing. Still, the art is indeed excellent. The somewhat light penciling makes for smooth choreography only to be contrasted with a climaxing panel of visceral violence. It will be pleasing to see Garney and Crabtree bring more issues of Berserker into the visual spectrum. Berserker number two is a good comic book with the potential to become great as it continues. If you were paying attention to Robot's episode preview, and I really don't blame you if you didn't, this might not come as a surprise to you. But, either way... It's time for Ben Man and Robot's Pick of the Week. Robot and I agreed to decide on this week's pick together, and we came up with Crossover Number 6 by Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw. Their massive first arc finale for Image Comics finally wrapping up, with a plethora of guest appearances to boot. Honestly, since it was a light week for comics for me, one cameo really sold me on making this my pick of the week. Just when it looks like we might see some of our heroes get maimed or even killed by comic book character mutants, rat -tat -tat -tat, the fiends start dropping, our heads exploding, and we get a fucking great splash of... Hit Girl in her iconic purple and a touch of yellow outfit. It was a really cool moment in a book that promised more than we really got for these first six issues, but I loved this one. I agree with Otto's sentiment in the book. This is the best day of my life. If Hit Girl saved me, it might be mine too. Indeed, this was a satisfying conclusion to this part of the crossover story. Though previous issues did not feel like they were as exciting and as large scale as they were made out to be. Perhaps this was by design in order to not let the narrative fly off of the rails. Indeed, the focus never strayed too far from L. Our protagonist and the last reveal about her sets up a very interesting future for more crossover tales. The first six issues are out now, and this conclusive installment is worthy of your time. Well, we did it again, my steel and stalwart sidekick. Another episode of Ben Man and Robot, the dynamic comic show in the books. Anything you want to say before we sign off? 
Your presumption regarding my physical construction is inaccurate. My bodily shell is composed of aluminum alloy 5052, not steel, though my internal components are housed in a protective steel cage. You don't think I know that? <sighs> Let's just try to close out the show with a little dignity, huh? Now, say goodbye, robot, and be done with it. Goodbye, robot, and be done with it. You know what? I fucking hate you. Anyways, if by some miracle you enjoyed the show today, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Or even reach out to us on Twitter at BinmanandRobot. We even have an email if you have suggestions or comments at BinmanandRobot at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in for another absurd comic book review session. Keep reading, my friends. Keep imagining. Though they managed to defeat the syndicate of comics that came at them this week, are there cracks forming in the relationship of the dynamic duo of reviews? Will implied threats and emotional outbursts lead to a falling out between our comic book-loving heroes? Find out next time on... Ben Man and Robot.